Welcome to Anything But Routine, presented by Just For Kicks. This podcast covers everything and anything dance. Stay up to date with the podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Sam, I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I coach a high school dance team here in Reading. Um, I've coached, let's see, this, I'm going on my sixth year coaching. Um, I love it so much. I started the middle school year, and we've kind of just grown into a bigger, you know, a bigger, we don't have a lot of youth dance in this, in this town. Um, so that's kind of where on the journey of doing, we started as a high school team and they were kind of self-run. Um, I didn't go to high school at Reading. So, um, but I, I actually went to high school at our, our arrival high school. So. Oh, that's neat. So you've been there six years and yeah. were you on a team when you were in high school? Yeah, so I danced all through high school. I started when I was little at a studio, and then I took some time off in kind of the middle elementary time, and then uh, I was on the high school dance team where I went to high school. So in Ohio, is there a state association that oversees dance? So a lot of, when I was in high school, we competed through the UDA circuit. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's a decent amount of that, but um reading they we go through a showcase um it's SCAU they are in Ohio Michigan and Indiana and Kentucky I believe so they're kind of growing as well um but more on a smaller scale versus um compared to like UDA more country nationwide yeah what's really unusual is um Okay, I'm on that National Dance Board, and we are trying to get states to do state associations that are not affiliated with any other business. Like, I run Just for Kicks, but I also yeah. started Minnesota Association of Dance Teams that is non, um, what do I want to say? It's nonprofit, and it's, mm-hmm. it, it's separate from all the businesses. So, now, in Ohio... Are, do you guys compete how many, like you said, your season is 11 months? Yeah, so we are, well, trying to do some tryouts now. We actually start um, pretty much when school lets out, mm-hmm. but we compete through April, okay. um, the first of April. Okay. So, you know, it's just interesting from state to state how different it is. You know, um, in Minnesota, we're more considered like a sport. So we have a season and it runs mid-October till the end of February or till till mid-February. So it's it's like basketball season or football season or whatever. And then we have a two-month window in the summer where we can see our kids. And at first, when that changed, I hated it because I was used to the 11-month out of the year. Yeah. But now I actually kind of love it. I really do. So, um, so what do you think has helped you, you know, build your program so far in your short tenure as six years as a coach? The the demand for in our town is high. We have a lot of kids looking to do dance. We we live in a smaller town. Um, mm-hmm. I like, for instance, our graduating class. I think has 
under 100 kids this year. Um, oh, you are a small town. Wow. Yes. Yeah, really small. And where I came from, Deer Park is five minutes away and it's the same. Um, so we were in a smaller town, but our community in general, there's a huge one for dance, which is great. Um, at Deer Park, where I was, where I'm from, again, five minutes away, they have a youth dance program. They have all kinds of stuff. So when I came over and started the middle school team, every year since they've been begging for youth dance in the area. There's not a whole lot of other than Deer Park surrounding areas um, with youth dance. So I think that the interest has just been there. And then we, they started the position for the middle school coach as voluntary. I did a voluntary position for the first four years that I coached. So it was that, that way everywhere. I swear, you know, yes. and, and then after a while, then they start realizing it's, you know, I know. Yeah. yeah. So how you were saying how you guys are like in season with your sport, they don't consider us a sport here. They consider us a that's like most states. I, I don't yeah. think, you know, and we're kind of in a gray area where we're not really a sport. We're in between, you know, so well, you had asked me to talk about, um, okay, so you, what your question was, how to set standards within your program that reduce parent entitlement to almost nothing. Okay, so <laughs> setting standards. Um, and my daughter's here too. Maybe we can talk about this. <laughs> I think it's building, <laughs> I think it's building a culture that you start over time and, and it doesn't happen overnight, but building that you know, that base so that parents realize their kids are, are going to be a part of something greater than themselves. It's this organization that you're creating. And I always do a parent meeting every year and I talk about all of our goals, all of our, our traditions and that we run, you know, one of the things I talk about is I run a tight ship, expect it, you know, and I, I even talk about things like nobody gets a buy, um, you know, and, and one of the things I say a lot is just like you need discipline if your child doesn't come home for for curfew. I need discipline if she doesn't follow the rules or do whatever. And, um, you know, we just talk a lot about on this team, this is how we operate. And, you know, I think partly once they, you know, once your program gets rather established, the parents will see what you're producing and that you're teaching more than just dance. You're teaching life lessons and, and all those type of things. So um, anything you'd want to add on that? Just the whole culture thing is what's... Uh, I always like what you say when you talk about how it's the little things that matter to like what they look like when they're going into a competition and you know, expecting stuff that doesn't seem like a big deal. Everything's a big deal. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, they, they sometimes say, don't sweat the small stuff. And I always say, do sweat the small stuff because it's the small stuff that added together is going to make your team have class. You know, I always say there's no substitute for class. So we, we think about things like our public image. We think about public service to the community and, um, just ways you can give back and make your kids better people. And I know we already do enough. So adding that on is like, are you kidding me? But, but it is all those little things. And sometimes once you've started that, your kids will take that on. You know, like we had some of our seniors last year, they're volunteering at the YMCA in the summer at the daycare, you know, once a month giving their kids dance lessons. Then we had kids that were reading to the grade schools and serving lunches in the summer and things like that. So I think they start getting it that it's about giving back to the community too. Uh-huh. So, um, 
you know, and I know I feel like the other thing that's really important is to treat your program like a business, you know, like you want to have a brand, you want to have, what do you stand for? And what are people, when they hear the name of your team, what comes up in their mind and it's a brand and, you know, even all the way through the parents, how the parents support it. So, you know, I think parent support is a huge thing of a program. You know, remember when I first started coaching, we couldn't get anybody even to go watch us because I've been doing this a long time. It's been a long time and people didn't support their kids the way in some ways it was nice, you know, but, um, cause yeah. now it's gotten to be like helicopter parents at times, but you know, you've got to get that parent support. And I think it's really a cool thing. So, um, now you're saying, how, how do you teach kids with no dance experience mm-hmm. how to dance? Now, if I had that, when I first started, that's kind of how I started. Mm-hmm. But a couple different things, if you want to start a Just for Kicks youth program in your area, let me know. We can talk about that because we do your uh, program. But that's not why I was doing this. Um, <laughs> I think that if I were to take a team, I would probably – do more visual things and less skill type things at first until you mm-hmm. do it because they can't learn how to do some of these hard things. Like drill team is a lot easier than jazz, you know? So mm-hmm. if you were doing, you know, palm moves and visual, you know, kick moves are, are easier than jazz. I feel. I agree. So you, yeah, you definitely start simpler and you know, there's so much virtually, especially right now during COVID, but um, so much virtually they can learn. So encouraging them, but I would, I would try to start some type of a feeder program. So by the time they get up to high school, they do have those skills that you need to. For sure. Because I yeah. feel it's almost impossible to take a, you know, a ninth grade, 10th grader that has never danced and get them to where you'd want them to be. We used to do it, but it was a whole different level. That quickly. I think yeah. like kick wise. Yeah. Yeah. Kick, kick. You can learn to kick. You just got to get flexible, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Yes, there's so much, and strong. There's so much technique behind that, but not the same. You know, if they don't have that ballet based training, exactly, uh, right. course is going to be harder. But yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. yeah, we run into that. We a lot. Thank goodness we started our middle school program when we did because we've got so many girls now, way more advanced. But I can't imagine once we start a youth program where we'll be. So. Oh yeah. Cause they come in knowing what you want them to know. And that's so awesome. So let's see, you talk about, um, we, we coach and choreograph everything and it takes a lot of outside time. You have to be a committed coach, not driven by pay. Oh, that is for sure. And you know, if anybody, if anybody is in this for the money, you're in the wrong thing. Um, you, I, all you, the time. <laughs> I know you can make money in the youth end of it in the, in the, um, feeder programs if you charge and that's what you can end up making for it. But like at the high school team, you end up putting so much time in that you absolutely don't get paid for. So, um, but I think that as being as organized, organized as possible will help save your time, keeping good notes on what you did the prior year choreography. Like I save everything. I save every formation so that if I want to reuse it, of course okay. I don't always know where it is, but, um, right. You know, we said music by year and you won't believe how after you've been in this as long as I have, you do go back and use things from prior years. So categorizing formations and, you know, I take pictures of um, formations on paper and Allie does a lot of our formations Mm -hmm. on uh, like on a choreo 
choreography manager. What do you, what's it called? Um, the software I use is called Envision. It's by Box5 Software. It, okay. It's like $500 and it does have a learning curve to it. I okay. have a lot of like studying, but <laughs> it is pretty cool once you get it. And what I love about it is you get to watch the formations actually move. So versus drawing it on a paper, you can see if your patterns work and make sense. Perfect. So okay. that's something we do. We actually have a video of our coaches class where we taught that. But um, it it's it's interesting that if you save all these formations, you can reuse it. And sometimes I draw. Like, how many kids are on your team? We have we vary from between like nine and thirteen. So nine and thirteen. So I would like say you had thirteen. I would draw as many formations for thirteen as I could think of and then as many for nine and then just keep them in a notebook or take pictures of them keep them in your computer yeah. but, and then grid for a lot what it's grid paper for all my yeah use grid paper too but save them because you can sometimes take some from this one and that one and move them together and you will forget videotape everything and then you're saying do i have school support um let's talk about school support i feel that dance is misunderstood in the school a lot and i always tell my kids don't get in those crazy fights about who's a sport us or them you know just say i always kind of get well we're not um we're a little more than a sport we're artistic and and athletic so we're both and and i i, I instead of getting in an argument i just have them kind of argue both sides not argue but speak both sides of it but i just think the more you want to be supported in your school the more you have to have be respectful be something that people look out up to start winning or or excelling i don't mean to say winning but get above get make your program above average and have that excellence curve and then also make sure you support other people in the school the more you support other people the better i feel the more more you can post on facebook instagram about your program the more they're going to get recognized in your community and if you want them to get noticed, you've got to do things to help them get noticed. And I think it's interesting too, like we got a new gymnastics coach in town and she started like right away um, commenting our posts. And, and I really appreciated that, like way to go. You know, it was like she was noticing what we were doing. So then I started doing it back to her and it just makes a nice camaraderie between coaches. So I think that's important. Um, I don't always feel like we get the teacher respect that we want at our school and I'm still working on that, but I think that that's some, you know, sometimes the good old boys that are really like die hard certain sports or, you know, what matter, but um so setting standards, we talked a little bit about that. I had my team come up with a I wish I had it in front of me and I don't, but um I had them come up with a list of on this team we and it was stuff like you know they just started showing it up uh, shouting it out we show up on this team we try on this team we're committed on this team we're positive oh I love that and uh, it mm -hmm. like by the end I was almost crying because it was so cool like they came up with so many things can you think anymore on this team we work harder than the other people on this team we support each other we support each other um of that yeah and it was really neat and then we i took all their everything they said and i put it on a card for them like i typed it up and stuff and it was just neat so then it you know and 
um, I spoke, I spoke at our sports boosters and I had written it up to show the people there. So that's kind of like a PR thing too. And one of the guys, can I take this for my son? He coaches soccer and he would love this. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's great. You know, cause teamwork, it's the same on any sport, you know? So I think you need that, that image. You need that, that, the team has to be fueling themselves to want to have a great culture. It can't be you just leading it. It's got to be all the kids within. And, and once you get that culture built, and, and I'm sure you're well on your way if you're in your sixth year, you know, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to come up with, a, a, like I have a friend that coaches hockey, and his, his thing is always sweep the room. Like you want to leave everything a little bit better than you found it. And yeah. So like this year, our mantra with our team was, was hashtag dial it up. Like anything we do, we want to do it a little bit better than like we said, we're going to do it 30 times. Let's do it 31. Like say we're talking oh. about push-ups or something and say we're running the, you know, doing so many kicks, let's add five more on. And if we're going to try to be really intense, let's try to up it just a notch, you know, so that we or if we're going to be tight, let's try to be a little tighter than everyone else, you know? So we just talked about dialing it up and that helped us to up our game, so to speak. So love that. Do you, so do you do like a different mantra every year with your team? Yeah, yeah, we do. We try to do that. And I love that to be a little kid driven. This one was me that drove that one, but sometimes the hashtag, what was the one they had the year before um, this Taylor's year? It's our, our time. Our time is what it was. Our time, because one day at practice, somebody said, it's our, they just said it, and then that became our mantra. It's our time to become what we want to be, or our turn, or something like that, and, and that ended up being our mantra for the whole year. So, I mean, I think you can take any saying or any concept and turn yeah. it into your, you know, what you're trying to do, and then our parents even started saying it last year. They were like, they made a big, um, when we went to state, they made a big thing for us to drive through and it said, hashtag dial it up. And I was like, no, that's so cool. Like you, their head football coach is PJ Fleck and his is row the boat, you know? And Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so it's always in everything they talk about and the whole fans say it, you know, so it's kind of neat if you get a mantra with your team and yeah. So what else have we not talked about? Um, Standards. No, love some of the biggest things that I've I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now. Some of the biggest takeaways that I've gotten are just a little things on um because we started essentially from scratch, just trying to take those next levels by ourselves. We 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 have so many competitors that have you know fifteen coaches on their staff, so we're really trying to kind of harbor all of the advice that we get and be able to split it between two or three people um, until we have that ability to have more coaches and staff and things. We have great parent support. My girls that are going to be seniors this year, were the very, they'll be the very first to ever go through Reading all six years of dance that we've ever had to offer. So we've already kind of got our mantra for the year, just be legendary because we had a back then, so and we're carrying it over to now so it's kind of cool but um That's you neat. know we're ready to take things to the next level and um 
looking into starting the youth program this year is what I really wanted to do. Hopefully COVID doesn't knock that dream completely over. I know. But it's been crazy, hasn't it? Oh. It's been so, so crazy. So we're really just trying to dial in and take all the advice on how to go from just the two of us because we can only do have as many helpers and coaches as, as my school will allow to be around my kids right um, to kind of make it this and we have a lot of we do have some administrative support which is great because i do believe that the more we grow the more bandwidth we'll have as far as being able to bring on more people so it's just interesting to go in this um. season it's neat that, um, you know, just keep learning as much as you can learn right now. The, the advantage during COVID is that there's so much online, you know, so we do a coaches conference every year in Minnesota and we usually draw between the three of them, probably about 500 coaches between three, three camps. And um, this year we can't have them because of COVID. So we're doing it all, all online. But the cool thing for me is that I've been able to get speakers that I've never been able to get before. In fact, I have the Ohio state strength coach from your state. Really? Yeah. Awesome. She, I, I took a class from her in Vegas and now she's going to do a class for us at, oh, at our virtual convention. And she was very, her name's Kim Daly. Okay. Yeah. But, and then oh. she's a different last name, bag, bag, Bagdly or something. So um, yeah, I'm excited to have her. So that's neat. But yeah, so just try to absorb as much as you can during this time when there's so much online because you can do it at home. You can do it. You know, I took a conference virtually a couple of weeks ago and I was like cleaning while I was taking the conference, but oh, I learned so much. Yeah. So that's a great way to do it. So just keep learning and you're going to get, you know, I think you've done a lot in five years and I, I appreciate you being on our program today. I so appreciate it. It's been fun. Like I said, I've been cramming since COVID. I, I'll turn on, I'm a podcast listener anyways, but this is the most, um, coaching is by far my biggest passion in life. I truly believe I was called by God to be a coach. I really do believe that. So I do a lot of research and reading and podcast listening and your podcast has been the most broad and beneficial as far as advice goes, as far as coaching, so I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, I really <laughs> That's so sweet. I'm glad it's, you make these and you wonder if anyone ever listens. But I think coaching is, it's tough because you're oftentimes the only one in your community doing what you do, you know? And so it's nice to have the support of each other. So, well, thank great. you so much, Samantha. It was great having you on today. Nice chatting with you. It was nice talking to you. Thank you guys so much. I hope you have a good Monday. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Anything But Routine podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a five-star rating. For more Anything But Routine content, go to justforkicks.com slash anythingbutroutine.